Happy Mother's Day to all the mamas in the room. Legacy City Church began. I wish I could like darken that so you couldn't read. Just try not to read that for now if you don't mind. Actually, here, let's just do this. I'll just close it. Legacy City Church was a dream inside of Tammy and my heart for a long time. If you didn't know our history, um, we spent about a decade in a church in Gig Harbor that was connected to what is called a fivefold ministry team. That's where we met your mom and dad. And, uh, you know, it's, they call it a fivefold ministry team or an apostolic prophetic network. So if you read Ephesians 4.11, it just talks about what the five office gifts that are in the body of Christ that Jesus gave to the church. They're, they're office gifts that were designed to train and equip the saints. That's all of us. So if you're in this room and you're a Christian, you are a saint. You belong to God and he says you are a saint. Saint's not someone who achieves some high and holy goal. It's just what God calls you because a saint is one who is set apart. You are set apart unto God. You are made holy through the blood of Jesus. So, so the purpose of the fivefold ministry is to equip us. And two of the office gifts in the fivefold ministry, according to Ephesians 4.11, are apostles and prophets. And those, everyone's comfortable with an evangelist. You know, like, oh, Billy Graham. You know, there's evangelists. We, we are all comfortable with, with what they do. Um, typically, you have a thought in your mind of what they do, like open up stadiums, invite huge crowds, present the gospel, and thousands get saved. That's not the only purpose of an evangelist, but we won't go into that. And then we have pastors and teachers. Well, that's pretty comfortable. Most of us have, who have grown up in the church, we're, we're used to calling the people in leadership pastors. It took me a while to get used to people saying, Pastor, Pastor Scott. I'm like, you know, I'm just a saint like you. you know, we're just brothers and sisters, but it's okay. I'm getting, I'm getting, except for I'm the pastor, okay. But pastor is not a title. It is a function. It is a gift, and it, and it is all about pastoring, like shepherding, looking over, over people for their well-being and their safety in the church. So we're all, we're all comfortable with evangelists and pastors and teachers, but apostles and prophets you know, that's like something that the church world is not really familiar with. Or if they are, they got a weird understanding of what an apostle is, some guy with a badge that says, I'm apostle so-and-so, and you have to do what I say. You know, that's just something totally different. So I'm not going to go into what an apostle, what a prophet is, but we stepped into a church from the Foursquare denomination here in Bremerton, which that's a house that we love, Abundant Life Foursquare, Love Pastor Steve. He's a father, a spiritual dad to me, one of my first spiritual fathers. Um, we stepped out of that house for me 10 years into it for Tammy, seven-ish, I think, something like that. Um, I probably got the numbers really messed up. So we stepped out of that and into a church in Gig Harbor that was a vineyard, the vineyard of Gig Harbor. And the vineyards and four squares, they're all kind of similar. They're all about the heart of God and being filled with the Spirit you know, we want the Bible and we want the, the gifts of the Spirit. So the vineyard was like that. But that vineyard in Gig Harbor was actually not a, an actual part of the vineyard movement. They just had the name vineyard because they were like the vineyards, but they were actually connected to a fivefold ministry network. This South African group called, called uh, New Covenant Ministries International. It was a South African-based uh, team of leaders of pastors or, or apostles all around the country or all around the world. So the guy that led the church that we were at in Gig Harbor was on the apostolic team. He was considered an apostle to that team. And when we got under that influence, we recognized that there is an anointing, there's a gifting that's considered apostolic. Again, I won't go into what that means, but there's also a gifting and an anointing for the prophetic I will go in just a little bit about what that means because what I was getting ready to show you guys to kick us off in worship has everything to do with the prophetic and prophets. So as a, as a church that has an apostolic prophetic foundation, and Ephesians 2.20 would, would tell you that the church would be built on the foundation. So every church, the church that, that Jesus has in his heart has a foundation. 
And Ephesians 2.20 says that foundation that the church should be built on is on the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. He is our great apostle. He is our, our prophet, our priest, our king. He is all of that. But on earth, we have apostles and prophets that, that God's heart would be for the church to be built on the influence of those gifts. So as a church, we want to have an apostolic and a prophetic foundation. And that just means we, as, as the planters, as leaders in this church, we lean into the oversight or I don't even know if I'd call it oversight. We, we lean into the influence and the wisdom that comes from apostolic men and women and prophetic men and women. So when we had in our hearts to plant a church, which was part of that church in Gig Harbor's heartbeat was to train people to plant churches with this apostolic prophetic foundation. We had 10 years of this training and equipping um, and we received it for ourselves because it, was a, it resonated with Tammy and I. We wanted to be a part of a church plant someday. We wanted to be a part of a fresh work that God would do. And we didn't know what it would look like. We didn't know who would be with us. And then that church fell apart. And we were homeless, in a sense. We wandered in Tacoma between about three churches trying to find our tribe. And I just say something Chris Ballatin says, when you find your people, you find your purpose. And so we were looking for our people so that we could continue to walk out our purpose. And we, we thought we had arrived at a couple places and just wasn't, God just wasn't giving us the yes to really go the long haul. We had to feel through it for a while. And it wasn't until we got in connection with Bethel through just listening to the music, through streaming some teaching, to finally uh, registering for their online schooling. We were a part of a church, was not Bethel connected, but we were a part of a church, but we were supplementing our, our hearts with teaching and just stuff from Bethel. And at, finally at one point, we decided to not only do the schooling, which started in a January, I can't remember what year, but we decided to go down to a conference. Most of you have heard this story. Some of you have not, probably half of you haven't. Um, we went to a conference that was a Bethel Leaders Conference down in Oregon. And at that conference where nobody knew us, we were just strangers looking to hear clearly from God, a prophetic woman named Crystal approached Tammy and I privately saying, I hear God say, you are here for clarity, direction, and you are to go plant that church. That was on the spot. I mean, we, there's no other way to, to, for her to say what we were there for, that we needed clarity and direction, and we, we wanted to plant a church. But we didn't know that God would give us the, the go do it just as a family. So we left that conference totally fired up. Lots of other prophetic words were given. That was the beginning of, like, if I showed you my phone, I probably have 30 prophetic words just recorded on my phone, let alone text messages and stuff that people have spoken to us for our church, not just personal stuff, but for a church. And this is actually going to tie into what we go into a little bit tonight, I, I believe, if we can get into it. So, we have leaned into an apostolic father, actually multiple apostolic fathers, but uh, Galen down in McMinnville, may, most of you probably don't even know who he is, um, only my kids I think know who he is, and a, a prophetess whose name is Teresa. Teresa is one of the people that actually spoke to us at that first conference, and we had a prophetic appointment, which just meant, you know, you signed your name on a sheet, and there were time blocks to go sit down with, with a couple people, and they would just pray, and they would see what God says. Tammy and I went together holding hands, like not sure what was going to happen, but Teresa and a Bethel student sat across from us, and she just said, let's just pray. And immediately she said, you know, in my, in my mind's gate, I'm seeing a, a steeple, and I hear a bell. Are you wanting to plant a church? Well, yeah. So that was the first time we met Teresa, and we didn't realize it over time that she actually is very, very prophetic. She hears... God really clearly, she's, you know, she's a seer. Um, so she has been a prophetic voice. So we want apostolic input and we want prophetic input 
into what we do because we want our church to be built on that foundation. We don't want to be independent to the point where we don't allow outside input to come in. We, we need outside input. So I wanted to start out our, our meeting tonight with showing you guys a word for this church. The reason why I want to start out with it, uh, I really feel like it will help ignite us tonight in worship. There's a few things that are in this word. It's six slides, but they're not like huge paragraphs. I just It's broken up. Um, I feel like it's going to ignite something in us in, in preparation for our time of singing our worship where I believe that we will we'll just step into something deeper in God tonight. And also what it does by reviewing these prophetic words is it, it helps us to take things that God has spoken to us and put them before us. See, if we don't keep the prophetic promises of God in front of us, and you forget what God has spoken to you, you begin to, to move and, and live and, and act according to the atmosphere around you. So, you know, we had a couple first Sundays here that were, like, really exciting. The living room, as Anna and her family know, and, well, and Kelly and my family, you know, there was just a small handful of us, a remnant of the Legacy City Church that used to meet down on the Boys and Girls Club. And we came here that first night, and there was all kinds of people to come just to cheer us on, some new people. that Did you guys come the first night? Yeah, the first night. So it was exciting. We were just like, wow, this is like, feels like such a full house. And then the Bethel students came the following week with 13 of their people, so it was really just blasting. It was awesome. And then we had the next like four or five weeks where it was like, whoa, okay, God, what's going on? Do, I, do we move forward in our, in our heartbeat towards what God is calling us to do based on what we see on a Sunday or what we know are the prophetic promises that he's given us? So you might have cir circumstances going on in your life right now where it may look like everything is coming against you. We all know. We have all been there, right? You've got a lot of crap going on around you. You might have sickness. You might have relational stuff. You might have job changes, whatever it is, living situations, you might, you know, it just could be a, a variety of things that, that might look really difficult, that might look like just impossible situations, and it might even feel like, well, maybe I need to change my plan based on what I'm experiencing right now. Like, we could have said, you know, maybe this isn't what God's called us to do. Maybe we should just shut it down. Well, I mean, we're in a one-year lease, so we've got to give it at least a year. <laughs> Um, although Jonathan, the prophet from Bethel, he, he had a word for us. But anyway, um, so I say that because for us, running into this call from God to go plant that church and then planting it and then seeing waves of, of new life and then, you know, COVID coming and just totally obliterating it. You know, we had to realign ourselves. What are you saying, God? So we did, we began our year this year by going to two different conferences to hear from God. We needed some outside input from prophetic voices, and we got clarity. We got reassurance that, yes, God is still calling us to move forward. And it was right after that first conference that the doctor that owns this complex ran into me on the route he was like, do you still want the space? And he hit me right on the nose with the dollar amount that I knew we could afford. He, he was like, he did all the talking. I was just like nodding. It was like the Spirit of God was just speaking through him, even though he doesn't quite really know Jesus yet. But I think he's like so close. He was out loud just saying, should we do like a five-year, a three-year, or a one-year lease? We should probably do a one-year. And I'm thinking, yeah, I don't want to be stuck in more than one year because we want to see how this will go in one year. And it just was already in our hearts. So God reassured us by connecting us with him. And it was just, what, three weeks later, we were cleaning this place with some of you guys. We were worshiping in here and having a pizza party. We were just like, this is exciting. We're out of our living room, finally. You don't want to do church in your house for a full year. It just is like, ugh, it's too stuffy and tight. So... Yes, prophetic promises. 
we have realized that we need to hold the promises of God in front of us. We don't let our, this is for all of us, we don't want to let our circumstances dictate to us what's going on or where we should go or, or, or what we should do. We need to know the promises of God and we need to hear what God is saying. It may look like the grandfather in the hospital is not going to make it, but what is God saying? It may look like that newborn baby is not doing well because it's scoring really low on its you know, newborn scores, but what is God doing? That was something we were talking about earlier. We need to know what God is saying. So we hold the promises of God before us. And when things start looking dark all around, we put those promises before us. So here's, here's a prophetic word that I believe is still for us today because we are still called to be Legacy City Church. And I will say, if God told us that the season for Legacy City Church ended when COVID came, we would be okay with that because Tammy and I would never want to press into something that God is not calling us to do. We don't love a ministry so much that we can't let go of it even when God is done with it. Just so you know that about us. We, we know he's called us to, to more than what we're seeing right now. Like we've had vision and yeah. So we know like this is just the beginning and the Bible tells us not to despise the days of small beginnings. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't have That's right. Amen to that. Yes. And so we know what he's called us to and and what it's still look like and we're going to keep pressing. We're not going to stop. It's yeah. not an option. Yeah. We disobey God. And so Tammy and I have also realized, I know you're like, can we just worship? But this is important. This is part. This will just eat into our time of teaching tonight, so don't worry. We watch the clock, sort of. Um, we, what was I going to say? I was going to say something I for, totally forgot. Oh, we realize the importance of us praying into it. You would think, okay, Scott and Tammy have been praying into this a long time. Well, a lot of what we do is just, we know what God's called us to do, so we get busy doing the stuff, but we haven't actually intentionally spent significant amount of times praying into the church itself like bring god bringing leaders like what we've started to do on sunday evenings before we start just being honest with you guys we we had not made a strong discipline of that and the bible says you have not because you ask not and one of the the people we ran into at the conference down in bend oregon some old-time friends he was crying as he's talking to us and he was so like stirred by what God was doing in us and he was in with tears he was like you have to pray through don't worry about how many butts are in seats so to speak don't worry about that keep your eye on what God has called and pray through it so that spoke to us so every Tuesday night and Thursday night Tammy and I are coming to this place to just pray and if one of you two of you all of you want to show up you're welcome to pop in we're not making it like an official we don't want to overwhelm everyone with this request to come do prayer, but that's what we are doing as a couple. Yeah. We're going to pray over our church, over, our, over you guys, whoever God has given us, and over those who are yet to come, and we're just going to pray through this whole thing. We're going to ask God to bring the increase, and it's not about numbers, but, there is, but it is partly about numbers. Like, you don't want to have a dream to plant a church, but then only stay around a dozen people. I don't believe that is what God has for us. I believe that he's called us to be influencers in our city. We're grateful for the dozen that are here. Don't get me wrong. Like, but hope deferred makes the heart sick. And when you have hope for something that has momentum, we want to see momentum coming in. We don't want to just like bore everybody with just being this for the rest of our time as a church. We, we want to see over time change happening, new life coming in, different gifts coming in, different, different gifts. Yeah, people who have various giftings coming. We want to have a worship team. We want to have nursery and children's classes, but we need God to bring those people in, and we need to partner with him to see that come in. Does that make sense? Am I boring, you guys? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? 
Well, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I would say just send a text to us and, and say, hey, what time are you guys going down? Are you going down there still tonight? Um, because we didn't make it like an official thing. We just made a commitment between us that this is what we're going to do. So I'm thinking probably around 7 o'clock is what, yeah. Yeah. what we, you know, maybe 6.30 after we do dinner. Yeah. See, we, we take care of my elderly parents to an extent. Um, so we make sure that they are fed. My dad is, he's capable, able-bodied, but he's 87. And my mom is 94. I might have that off by a year. But my mom has dementia. She can't even get up on her own. So he is 24-7 by her side unless someone comes and gives him a break. So we got to make sure they're taken care of. And then we, and our kids, of course, you know, fights are breaking out in the house. No, they don't do that. Thank God, those, yeah, tickle fights. Those years are over, thank God. No more explosions. Just a little bit. So anyway, let's look at this. I won't ask you guys to stand up. <clears throat> I won't ask you to stand up. I mean, you can if you want. So this was a, <clears throat> I won't ask you to stand up yet because I don't want you to be like, is this ever going to end? Are we going to worship? So this is what Teresa sent as a text. And there's some wordage in this that I might try to explain just one thing at the very last slide here just so you don't wonder what the heck is that. So she said, what a wonderful time it is to take in this new and fresh breath with God. That is us. We're taking in a new and fresh breath. Can you feel it? I see him in everything. The wave of a leaf, the song on a gentle breeze. It's kind of poetic. The exquisite and fluid turn of flying flocks, orchestrating in harmonic union. The beauty of a body speaking of us as a church, that works in the precision of yielded grace and trusted submission. There is a cohesiveness coming. So I'm going to declare this over us tonight. There is a cohesiveness coming, a convergence that delights itself strong in the lingering of God's name, his worship, the blessing of his word, the balm of his promises, and the comfort of his grace. Unity and union, the marriage of the spirit sealed in covenant and distributed in love. The kingdom reigns, no matter the hour or day, or of our day. It's amazing to think about ours. Okay, here we go with another picture she's seen. They faithfully and continually move forward, allowing hands of steel, our hands, to find the time. Waves of power set tone, a frequency, if you will, that guide or empower those hands through every season, hour of the day. The wave, God's source, consists of pattern, foundation, government, kingdom, fueled in resurrection power, releasing the glory of God. It's amazing, isn't it? It's pretty, like, you know, vivid pictures here, if you can picture it. Your church is becoming cohesive, rich in its undertaking. It has seen recent flurries of God's steadfast faithfulness. It has. Sing praise and celebrate your thanks. God has only begun. Let your dreams become your voice and prepare to chart your course. That is a key right there, church. Let your dreams, the things that God has put in your heart, become your voice, start to speak it out, and prepare to chart your course. Because your, your words are like a rudder on the ship. Your words create worlds. Believe it or not, your words create worlds. Recognize the power of your speech. Your words carry resurrection power. That power is infused with the heart and voice of God. Let the Spirit be your guide. And here's the final, I think this is the final one, yeah. I'll have to explain something on here. Now, Legacy City Church, the vibration of your speech, sanctified in and under God's blessing, carries the power to create matter. It's pretty wild. God loves you. He is so favorably for you. This is the time to wallow in his gracious abundance. And that's what we're going to do when we worship tonight. We're going to wallow in his gracious abundance. Exercise, work out in your spiritual domain, and pop the quiff. 
Okay, now you're like, what is that? What is popping the quiff? Quiff, spelled that way, looks really strange, but, but it's actually taken from the words quantum wave function. Now, study it on your own, look it up on the internet, what is quantum wave function? Apparently, and I'm not gonna to try to go into the details, but apparently scientists have discovered that there are particles that are invisible that actually start to react to the things that we're getting ready to say before we even say it. It's as if matter, this quantum wave function is ready to respond to our, our thoughts and our words. Bizarre, okay? This is science, this isn't just like something in the Bible, although the Bible talks about kind of that thing in a different sort of way, like there is power, power, the power of life and death in your tongue. In other words, what you speak has something on it. There's actually momentum that takes place when you begin to speak out. That's why we, we emphasize our time of worship. We want to not just sit and sing songs and be bored. We want to partner with the words of songs we sing and allow the power of God to be released from our mouths as we declare the songs of praise. When we partner our mouths with heaven and we declare the things of God, it actually is changing us. It's, we're, we're allowing truth to, to funnel through our eyes and into our brains as we lock into it, into our spirit, and we are releasing it out of our mouths. You know, Jesus said when you pray, pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and you and I get to be the pipeline to bring it. He has chosen to use you as a funnel, as a pipeline for the kingdom, for truth to come into you and to be released through you, through your mouth. Changes everything. Changes the way you talk about situations, how you talk about other people, how you talk about yourself, how you talk about God, how you talk about circumstances. With God, nothing is impossible. No thing is impossible. So back to popping the quiff. Look it up on your own. Pop the quiff, it just basically means to, to take opportunity and speak and activate that quantum wave function. She was having fun with it. She learned about it and she was like, this is so God on it. Have fun and be relaxed. Speak in authority, believing God's heart and best for his flock. Unite with him and follow his, your dreams. So why don't we stand up? We're gonna get ready to worship. You want to pray us into worship? Sure. All right. So, Father, God, we, tonight, God, we just ask that you just show yourself to us tonight, God, as you always do. But, God, just come in a new and special way tonight, Father. Holy Spirit, just come and fall on us tonight. Help all the cares, all the things that may cross our minds or we may worry about, Father, that we just lay them at your feet tonight because nothing is impossible for you. God, we thank you. We thank you that we have the privilege to worship you tonight. In your name. Uh, we have to, no, 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 no. So, is it brief? <laughs> okay, okay. So, sometimes we feel something going on in our bodies, with our senses. Yes. And we, we don't know what it is. And the Holy Spirit's doing something. Just like a memory. I just felt like you were saying that just a moment ago. Just, I know that felt awkward, but we're, we're trying to, yeah, we're just trying to, uh, we want to set a, a standard because we get new people coming in and I wanna, we, we want to hear input and we've, we've told you guys that we do want, we trust you to have input. Um, so anyway, I just don't want it to be awkward, but everyone's like, oh great, what's going on here? This is not like a, a weird thing but we've had several weeks of new, newer people, well, one newer person a couple weeks ago uh, wanting to share something and it turned into a lengthy share. And so if, we, if we're not careful, it can just become a, a thing where it's out of control. Okay, but, but I, we receive it. And uh, so let's just, let's just begin to lift up our thanks now. Can we do that? Yeah. So Lord, we just lift up thanksgiving. Just, just thank him on your own, give him praise on your own. Lord, we thank you. We wanna worship you tonight. On our worship. And as we worship you, Lord, we just say, transform us, change us as we sing. Activate our voices tonight, Lord. Help us to release the songs of heaven and the things of heaven through our mouths. 
Even if we don't feel it, Lord, there's more happening in the unseen than what we see. So, God, we just welcome you and we sing tonight. Your heart. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Yeah, we thank you, Lord. We could never thank you enough, God. Even the breath that we breathe right now, we thank you for life, for living and breathing in this moment right now. We just praise you. God, I pray we never get tired of singing the name of Jesus, the name above all names. There is no other name that can save. There is no other Savior. There's no other King. Jesus, you are God and you are Lord. We praise you, God. We thank you tonight that you you released refreshing in this place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for just cleansing, just for cleaning the pipes, cleaning the connections in our hearts and in our minds, Lord, for realigning us. Thank you for realignment tonight. Just we bless your name, Jesus. Thank you for the power of the name of Jesus. Thank God they're not coming to get us. <laughs> well, I don't. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Lord. So we wanted to just take a little bit of time tonight to, to bless the moms, the mothers in this room. So if you're a mom, would you be willing to come just stand up here and the rest of us can just get around you and just just blast you with prayer. Is that okay? If you're a mama, doesn't matter if you're a mom of adult children or little children, just maybe come just stand right in the middle here. I know there's only Tammy, you ought to get in the middle of this too. Of what? Insolent children. Insolent. Cool. And here comes Anna. In the four of you, you could squeeze a little bit closer. Now, why don't the rest of us? come around them um, and just let's just lay hands on them and let's just pray in fact I'll just stand back here you guys can get closer get closer stick a hand on a shoulder if is that okay can can they touch you guys is that okay Anna's like ah, don't touch me <laughs> yeah thank you Lord yeah well, moms why don't you just put your hands out in front of you yeah thank you father Lord we thank you that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. We thank you, Father, that you give good gifts to your children. You give good gifts to your daughters. And so today, Lord, this evening, we just bless, Lord. We just decree blessing over the moms in this room. We thank you for them, Lord. We, we ask you, Lord, just to uh, help them to set their affection, set their sights on your faithfulness, that you have been faithful. Lord, we just pray for, for hope to rise up in places where there has been hope deferred. God, we just ask you to release hope tonight, a fresh hope in Jesus' name. Yeah. Does anyone want to pray anything out specifically? Even if you're a kid, it's okay. So we just pray over you, moms. We just we bless the dreams in your heart, and we say, let the dreams of your hearts come to fruition. Let them be fulfilled. Let there be fresh hope tonight, fresh life. Let there just be an impartation of your grace over each mother in this room. Yeah, we just thank you, Lord. We turn our ears towards heaven, and we... We just, de we declare your blessing. We speak your heart. I just hear that, well done. Well done, my faithful daughters. You've done a good job. You were faithful to the task. You raised sons and daughters. You raised them up and you're still raising them and your prayers have not gone ineffective. All of the cries of your hearts for your sons and for your daughters, for your heritage, for your legacy, God, I, I believe with all my heart, he is saying he is on those prayers. He is moving forward on your behalf. And he's speaking to your sons. He's speaking to your daughters. He's, he hears the dreams in your heart. 
He sees your future. He knows that your future in him is good. So we just bless tonight. We bless in Jesus' name. Do you want to pray something too? Okay. Okay. All right. Amen on that. Does anyone in the room have a need for a prayer for anything outside of motherhood? <laughs> if you guys get pregnant, it's Kelly's fault. Just saying. Just yeah. Exactly. Exactly. No, I'm good. Well, I know that we took up quite a bit of time before we started worship tonight, so I don't want to go very long, but I'm going to grab that. Oh, it's right here. So just kind of continuing with the, the whole, and this isn't just about Legacy City Church. This is for each one of you, mothers, for the dreams in your heart, for the things that God has put in your heart over your children, over your future, over your destiny in him. God cares about your life. He cares about your individual life, your provision, your, how you live, how you thrive. You know, he wants heaven's best for each one of us, for each one of you. Whether you're leading a church or just leading a family or leading in the workplace, leading in your home, whatever it is, he wants the best for you. He wants to, he wants to make his grace and his goodness known in your life. He wants you to be so convinced of, of his goodness that when when you feel that prompting, that urging to share with someone about your faith, that you have such a confidence in his goodness that you know he will speak to their heart when you share that, that the conviction that you have, the reason for the hope that you have within you will come out of you in such a powerful way that people will be convinced in, in God's goodness based on your testimony. So the scripture, Proverbs twenty nine twenty three says, where there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. If we never talked about our vision as a church, why are we even in this building? Why are we spending 40 minutes singing the name of Jesus over and over? Is it just, just so we can wear our lungs, just to tire our voices out, to get bored? You know, I know it can feel repetitious. Um, and just speaking on that, you know, when we're singing a song over and over, Allow God to check your heart. Like if you're, if you're feeling like this just seems repetitious. Uh, Steve Backlund uh, once said, you know, God, we keep singing that same song over and over and over. And what was God's response to him? He heard God speak that sometimes you just need to keep saying it until. That sometimes that's the only way I can get you to say it is by you repeating that verse over and over because he'd get irritated by it. And God's like, that's, sometimes that's the only way I can get you to say it, is by singing it. And this, you know, with the vision, that doesn't just go for us as a church, but for our families. We need to have vision for our families as moms, as wives, husbands. Um, we need to be able to look from heaven's perspective and see what does God want for our family? What does he want? I've been such a strong believer for that for my children and for our family, I'm not planning my children's futures, but having vision for what I want for them to be husbands and <laughs> wives that love Jesus with everything that's in them. And um, for them to be able to take their disappointments or their concerns or whatever to him and to always put him first, to always get into his presence and... Um, because if we don't do that, if I'm now I'm going to talk to moms, if we don't do that as moms or wives, that's where everything comes from in our lives is from spending time with him. And we're not always perfect at it, and there's never condemnation or shame because that's not from him. But we should be spending time with him every day and asking, God, what, what do you want for my family? What do you want for our future? Um, what, what should I be doing today, you know? And 
I have to say, I don't always do it first thing in the morning. I am not a morning person, so I will go in the afternoon and just spend time with him, and I don't always. And there will be times when you can't, when you've got, like, little kids or whatever, and God knows. God knows your heart, and don't ever let anyone put that on you. So you spend that time with him every day and just get refocused, especially when it looks like, man, like you're having a rough day, maybe with your kids or with family or whatever, you know, you just go to God and, God, what, how do you see this? What's your perspective in this situation? That's good. Tammy's, you know, talking about focus, getting your focus. Paul said in Colossians 3, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. Set your minds on things above. So we are, we are called to set our perspective in life in a higher level. Like God, we, the Bible says in Ephesians that you are seated with Christ right now in the heavenly places. So that means, you know, I said this a couple weeks ago, you have, uh, you're, you're bilocational. You're, you're here on earth and you're actually seated in the heavenlies at the same time. So it's probably not far away because I don't think you're splitting, you know, apart. But anyway, but your spirit person, who you are, is, is seated with Christ in the heavenlies. So God wants us to see life from heaven's perspective. He's inviting us to come up into the throne room and see earth from his perspective. That way things shift, because when we see it from our perspective, it can look pretty crummy. Yeah, because typically when we're looking at it from our perspective, we're reacting out of fear for something. Because maybe we see, I'll just use a kid for example, Let's maybe we see our child behaving a certain way, and fear can set in and be like, oh my gosh, are they going to be like this forever? Are they going to love Jesus? When that, yeah, like that's not necessarily the case. Father, how are you seeing this? Well, they're just having a moment, and... Yeah, they love Jesus. That just because they're acting up doesn't mean like they don't love Jesus. So fear can set in in all sorts of ways, but if we go to him, he will give us that new perspective from his point of view. So that word prophetic, you know, that this is the passion translation, but the most word-for-word translation in the world today, the English standard version and according to the original Greek of this, or actually that would be Hebrew, of this verse says prophetic vision. A lot of translations just say where there's no vision, the people perish. It's actually prophetic vision is what that scripture says. And when we use that word prophetic, basically we're saying what we don't see now, but we see according to how God sees in the future. Like God sees you and me as perfected in Christ. We are already mature, perfect bride of Christ. No spot, no wrinkle, no blemish. But here on earth, while we're walking this timeline, this journey towards seeing him face to face, we feel like, well, we're not perfect. We're in process, which is true. But your life in Christ is already been perfected. You're just walking into it. So God is inviting us to see things from the finish line, see things from heaven's perspective down. You know, God is outside of time. He can see the beginning to the end. He knows what's going to happen. He knows your destiny, what, what the outcome is going to be. And he's inviting us to take on his perspective of the future so that we will have hope, so that we will have clear prophetic vision. And if we don't, we will wander. If we don't get the perspective that God has on life and on situations, on ourselves, any area of our lives, that we start to wander astray because we will look for comfort some way. We will look for hope somehow, whether it's through substances or habits or whatever. You know, we, we want comfort. We were designed to, to find all of our needs, all of our, all of our delights in God. There is no high like the most high. And this isn't about drugs, but drugs, as an example, is a reason why people go to that because they want peace. So they go to the artificial peace. They smoke a peace pipe. You know, they want joy, so they go to artificial joy. They get high to have a temporary joy. 
But God has, has designed us to get that need met from him. He is peace. He's the prince of peace. He is joy. The kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. He has all of that stuff for us, and he wants to fill our hearts with his goodness. He wants us to get our, our needs met in him. What do you have? It's a passionate transcription, but it's not, not, not even similar to what you're reading. 29, 23. That, is that 29 or is that 28? I can't see. Well, it's, 29. Google it. <laughs> Google it, where there's no prophetic vision. I, I probably have the wrong reference. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, my bad. But it's in there. I know I copied and pasted that verse. I copied and pasted that verse onto the slide, so I know it came from an actual verse. So you guys can figure out where that's at, or I could look it up for you. See, everyone's got their phones, and they're like, I'll find it. I'm, see, I'll show you my mad skills on Google. <laughs> did you find it? Mariah, did you find it? No? Oh, okay, you're working on it. So as a prophetic, as an apostolic prophetic people, we want to keep the promises of God forever before us. We want to keep our vision straight so that we know where we're going so that when things look different, I already said this before we worshiped, but so when, when things don't look how we believe God is going to make it look, we don't lose heart. We don't quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. It's important to write these things down. You know, we've typed out a lot of the prophetic words God has given us. We've kept them as recordings. I would encourage you, if you have prophetic promises, to review them, to listen to them again. I'm telling you, you will, you will draw fresh life off of those promises, and it will help to realign your focus. And even like what we were doing tonight, just singing, singing out the things of God, it is actually realigning things in our thinking. You know, repetition, speaking of songs being repetitious, repetition will help rewire, it'll help re reconnect the, the neuropathways. There we go, thank you. It'll help regroove those neuropathways in our thinking. You know, we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Want to interrupt? No. You want to preach? No. Okay. Let's look at this. So the Lord answered me, this is Habakkuk 2.2, the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, and capital A, and... Make it plain on the tablets that he may run who reads it. So we want to archive. We want to write down. And if you don't have personal prophetic words, spend time with God. Read the Bible. There are promises upon promises in this book for you and I to grab hold of. In fact, Paul said that all of God's promises in this book, all of them, Old Testament and New, all of his promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. So if you are in Christ, then all of God's promises are yes and amen already. God's already put the yes on it. You just have to partner with it, agree with it, and declare it and pull it into your life. Go after it. So let's, let's read a couple things real quick. Let's see how fast we can go through this. I'll put it on fast motion. No? Okay. Okay, well, so Tammy, if you feel like we need to just put a pause, then just poke me. Okay. Okay. So what are we building? It's pretty obvious. It's a church, right? It's our what. You know, we, we, we want to separate our what and our why. So what are we building as a church? And there is a why to it. So our what that we are building or establishing is a local church. God told us to go plant that church. So that's what we're doing. That's, that's what we're doing. A church that is a transformation center for inner healing, an apostolic prophetic resource center a well of revival and renewal. There's a lot of other descriptions that we have of what God has placed inside of our hearts, but this is the passion of Scott and Tammy Alcorn, and we believe it's the passion that God put in our DNA for this church, that we would be a house that brings inner healing, inner transformation to people. We know, and you all know, that everyone everywhere has stuff. There's broken people all around our city that need hope. They need to find hope. 
even in the church. We come to church, we can go to church for years, and we can have all kinds of wounds and lies that we're believing that keep us stuck. And it's our passion to see people experience transformation and freedom. And then we take it into our community. There's someone in our family that when they go to work and their coworkers are not knowing what to do or um, they've had experiences, this person can come in and I've heard the stories that they come in and they give just practical stuff, but it's stuff that God's giving them to speak to their coworkers and the coworkers don't even realize that it's coming from God. And they're, you know, taking it, like, don't be too crazy to your husband sort of thing, you know? Like, yeah. talk normal and, you know, that sort of thing. Like, and they're taking that. And that's what we want to see. We want you guys to take what you're learning to your workplace and transform people in your workplace. And it, it doesn't have to be Christianese. It can just be some really practical stuff for people. Just showing love, Jesus' love to people. So just a couple examples of those three things. Transformation Center for Inner Healing. You know, we mentioned we want to start doing some courses, some classes. We're going to put a pause on the Seven Mountain course that we talked about. Um, we have not yet actually gone through it ourselves, and, and it's, we don't know how it would work yet for a group setting, so we're going to pause that one. Tammy and I have been praying and talking together about what would be kind of like a good way of laying out a series of courses kind of a quarterly thing <clears throat> so we were talking about starting in June and we want to we'll, we'll try to promote this through like a Facebook what do you call that when you're promoting something on Facebook just a sign-up type thing so anyway we want to put it out there so so that not only you guys if you want to choose to be a part of it but then other people can can join in with it we're leaning into possibly doing Bill Johnson's teaching called hosting the presence and bill johnson's that's his heartbeat is about the presence of god coming and resting on your life and on my life and we host him we get to carry him out into the public and we get to partner with him in releasing supernatural activity so it's important for us as Christians and for us as a church that we want to equip so as a transformation center for inner healing Inner healing will come from that as well, from learning about the God who dwells inside of you, learning about how he wants to walk with you and release his life through you as an instrument that he gets to, to flow through in the public. And it's not just, I mean, if you guys know of anyone who wants to participate in that, they are free to do that. The class will be free. And really everything else flows out of our intimacy with him. And we can prophesy, we can heal people, but it's, we want it to come out of having God's presence. Like that's first and foremost right there is our relationship with Christ. So Transformation Center for Inner Healing, you know, we want to see people get free and healed up on the inside. So we want to make space for that. That might not necessarily come from the week, the midweek course that we'll be doing starting in June, hopefully sometime early June, but um, we do want to couple that with inner healing ministry. And we've talked in the past about uh, training and, and equipping people in our church for Sozo ministry, which is Bethel's uh, tool set for pe helping people find freedom and, and healing. Um, so, but we want that, so as an apostolic prophetic resource center, again, just opportunity for training and equipping. A well of revival and renewal. That is just what we are doing on a Sunday evening. We are digging a well. When we are worshiping in this place, when we are praying over our city and over this space, and we're praying for the people that, that God has his hand on in our city, possibly that he wants to bring here, we are digging a well. It just it takes time to dig and dig and dig, and eventually you hit water, and the well will burst up. And so our passion is just to keep, keep on digging. Keep on going after him in his presence, in the place of worship, and just gathering together and in prayer. Does that sound okay so far? So that's our what. And our why. So our why. What we build must serve our why. There's got to be a reason we're doing this. Why are we wanting to establish a church 
in the city that has a well of revival that brings inner healing because our, it's because of the why we're even here on the earth. It is to extend the kingdom of God. Jesus said to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So it's our passion to, I'll just read this. Our why this church exists is to be, is to make disciples who will extend the kingdom. Jesus said in Mark 16, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. And I didn't put it all on there. I didn't want to try to make double slides on this, but you guys can read, look, look up Mark 16, 15 through 18, and baptizing them. And these things, these signs shall accompany those who believe. They will pray for the sick. They will cast out demons. They will cleanse the lepers. These signs will follow those of us who believe. So the, the, the commission that Jesus gave us is to go, to go and, and make disciples and to proclaim the good news of his kingdom. That's why we exist. So we are forming and establishing a church that is a training and equipping center with certain focuses for the, for the sole purpose of facilitating people going. We want to we raise up, we want to help sons and daughters of God get free and, and get equipped so that they can be released into their community, into their sphere of influence. And to help others do the same, yeah. So Romans 8, verse 19 says, All of creation groans and waits for the sons of daughters to sons of God, the sons of daughters, the sons of God to be revealed. So we get our why when we get the revelation of who He has saved us to be. So we spent several weeks talking about our identity in Christ. You know, who Jesus died to save you and I to be is very important. It's, it's important to know your authority you carry, the, the identity that he gave you as a royal priest, as a royal son or daughter. You've been given authority. You're a child of God. You're not just a sinner saved by grace. That is partly what you are, but that's not your identity. A sinner is something you used to do. You're no longer a sinner. You are now a saint. You were a sinner that got saved by grace, and the grace that God saved you by has saved you into a new identity. So you are now identified by God as a dearly beloved son or daughter of God. So when we get, when we get the revelation and we get it in us of who we actually are and what we carry, the presence of God that lives inside of us, it's going to affect how we release and communicate the things of God out into the world. Okay. Okay, we'll stop there. Why don't we stand up? We're, we're going to end it right here. Slam on the brakes. Because, <laughs> yeah, there's like four or five more slides there. Yeah, we'll, we'll go back, dip back into this next week without starting all the way over from the beginning. All right, Tammy, you want to, well, hang on you want to pray us out, Jill? Would you like to pray for us? No? Okay. Uh, not, not that I remember when you guys prayed for us that time. Aunt, who? You want to, would you close us out in prayer? Just bless everyone and whatever, whatever the Holy Spirit puts on your heart to, to pray. Okay. You want to both pray? No, go ahead. I want to. That's that's good. Bear with me. Okay, we'll bear with you. Well, I get in my head when I'm trying to pray, and then I get messed. No, I'm okay for right now. Lord, we just come before you as your body, and we know that you have great plans for us. You have great plans for this church, Lord. And we, we expect, we are expectant of your, of your graciousness and of your mercy and of your, your plans for us, Lord. They are good. They are all good. And Lord, even though we're in a tumultuous time, we have you to look upon. And we know that your plans uh, cover 
whatever the enemy has planned. And so we just want to be a part of your kingdom, Lord. We want to bring people in. We want to get them healed. And we want to get them delivered. And we, what we want to see a change in our nation. We want to see a change in the people, Lord. The ones that are, that are so sick and, and they've been sick forever. And they can't do much. And they're not getting healed. And Lord, the, the drug addicts and the homeless, Lord, we, we need answers for these problems, Lord, and you are the answer. You are the answer to all of the cares that would go through, all of the problems of our nation. You are the answer. And we thank you for that, Lord. We just thank you and we lift you up. We lift you up, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, guys. Well, this, this church, you guys know, this is like a, a reset, a, a relaunch, a new beginning. So see this as an opportunity to be a part of what it will become. Many people walk into a church to see what it already has become. And this, this season that we are in will require all of us to understand that this is, like a, this is like a foundation, a relaying of the foundation in this location and with people. So it's, it's a total re, redo, remakeover, remakeover? Realignment. Realignment, a makeover, a redo, whatever you wanna call it. You know, we are stepping out of a season of funk with COVID and everything going on in our city, in our country, and in the world. And God has brought us to this place to, to begin something that's fresh, that will be a house of hope and renewal for people. 